0: Welcome to the Denver United Sermon of the Week. Here's a message from Pastor Lucy Hume. Amen. Amen. Oh, I'm so excited for this morning, you guys. It's going to be awesome just to be here. Um as a family, and I've been up here once before, but you weren't here. It was just me and a camera, and that was very intimidating. So it's good to see some fresh faces, and thanks for having me this morning. Um, I'm going to do the thing that, like, when male pastors visit a place and, like, preach for the first time, this is what they do. So I'm going to do it um, so you can laugh, okay? So, you know, without further ado, I just man, where would I be without my other, better, hotter half? You know, I, I wouldn't be who I, I am today, you know? I just, man, I don't know how I landed this person. You just gotta stay faithful and the Lord will just bring you a 10 out of 10. So um, Adam, would you stand up and just come on, honey, wave to the crowd. <laughs> Uh, I don't know why they always do that, but they always do that. Um, But Adam is incredible. If you've never met him before, come say hi. Uh, I really couldn't do my job without him, taking care of the kids. So he's just, he's my trophy husband back there. You got to meet him. My arm candy. So... (laughs) I love you. Okay, um, so you, when you came in this morning, you probably received a glow stick, hopefully, and a sticker. And then kids in the room, you probably got a bag. So kids, go ahead, and I need you to open up that bag and grab out the sunglasses and put them on. Can you put your sunglasses on? And then, Rob probably won't like this. I want you to stand up on your chairs. Go ahead and stand up. Stand up on your chairs. Stand up. We want to see you. Where's the kids in the room? Let's see you. Yeah. Looking good. Woohoo! Stand up. Yes. Oh, my gosh. You guys are awesome. Jack, I see you, August. Over there. Aiden, what's up? CJ and Cece. Melody's back there. Yes, Rex and Amelia. Oh, yes, we got this little baby. Oh, is that Evie? Oh my gosh, so cute. So these adults in the room, if you don't know, these are the VIPs this morning. These are our VIPs. They are our very important people. Yes, they're so incredible. So, kids, I want you to look around. This is your family. We just happen to be in a building, but the people in this room, this is your church. This is your family. And I want to remind you, just like I do every Sunday back there, I remind you that you are a VIP. So I want you to use your your outside voice inside, okay? I know. <laughs> this is so exciting. Okay, what does V stand for in VIP? Value, that's right. God values you so much. What does I stand for? Identity. Yes, CJ, I see you back there, man. You're good. I is for identity. Your purpose and your identity is found in Jesus and being a part of his family. It's not what you do, but it's whose you are. You are a part of God's family. And then what does P stand for? Purpose. That's right. God has a plan and a purpose for you. You live in Denver, Colorado in 2020 going to your school on purpose and for a reason. It's not on accident. So VIPs love you. Go treat everyone else around you like a VIP too. So, okay. So let's jump into today's lesson. Just how to do that. We do it every Sunday. If you don't hear anything else I say today, just remember how much God loves you, how you're part of his family, and he has a plan and a purpose for you. Okay, so I'm just going to pray and then um, we'll just jump in. Jesus, just can we just have fun this morning? We want to have fun with you because you are a joy-filled God. Refresh us today. Amen. Okay, so a little bit about me Um This is, like, the nerdy thing about me. I try to be really cool, but I have a lot of nerd qualities as well. Um, This is my inner teen girl angst coming out right now. I am, like, a huge fan of dystopian teen fiction. (laughs) Like, a huge fan. I feel like my braces like, somehow, like, morphing out of my mouth right now. Um, And acne popping up as they even talk about this. But, like, Hunger Games... Maze Runner, Red Rising series. Like, I don't know why, but I just love dystopian teen fiction. If you love it too, come talk to me afterwards. Let's compare books. I need some new ones. Um, But... (laughs) In such a crazy year that we've had, I have felt like a little shaken, a little rocked in some ways. Um, I felt like PETA in the Hunger Games, you know, he had like this tracker jacker venom in him, and he couldn't distinguish between what's real and what's not real. And um, and so he had this conversation with Katniss um, before they go and, you know, they blow up the Capitol. And he's like, Katniss do you love me, real or not real? And she whispers into his ear, real, PETA. Katniss, do we protect each other, real or not real? I can't tell what's real anymore. We protect each other, PETA. That's what we do. And then your teen heart just swoons, and you're like, oh, if only I had a PETA, you know. Uh, But sometimes it's hard when, like, so much stuff is shaking around you. What is real and what is not real? And when I have those moments in my life when things are shaken, I come back and I need to have this centering moment. So, kids, go ahead and pull out your little dry erase board with your marker. And I want you to draw a big rectangle like a football field. Okay? Can you do that? Draw a big rectangle. This represents... This morning, we are all on a level playing field. Sometimes we all need to come back to basics, to true north, to the centering truth of the gospel. When things have cracked, when we feel a little leaky, you know, when things are like, man, is this real or not real? Is this true? What is truth? What what can I really believe? You know, is like murder hornets, are they real or not real? Like fire tornadoes, is that real or not real? And so we have to come back to this this point, this foundational truth. And so we're all on a level playing field. Whether you're 73 or 3.7 in this room, we are on a level playing field this morning. And that is the Sermon on the Mount. Just Straight up, true north, Sermon on the Mount found in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And this is just a little shout out to my fourth, fifth, and sixth graders in the room. If you don't know where to start reading in the Bible, read this this summer. Matthew 5, 6, and 7. It's a great place to start, a great place to get to know who Jesus is and what he has for us and how he wants us to live our lives. So in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is talking about all sorts of stuff like anger, anger. Um, You know, whether how to be honest with one another, uh, a lot of different things like not seeking revenge, blessing our enemies, showing mercy, um, how to pray. Jesus is just going through a litany of things of saying, you have heard it said, but I say to you. So he's kind of reframing, restructuring bringing back our focus to this foundational truth of, of all that God meant for us to be and who and how he wants us to live. So, all right, kids, get out your magnifying glass with me, and we're going to read Matthew 7, 12 together. This is where Jesus kind of sums that all up in a way. So, you got it out? Matthew seven twelve says, "'Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you.'" This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. So see, the Jews had this huge checklist of things that they were supposed to do. Like all huge, huge, huge long things. So go ahead, kids, and just draw a couple check boxes on your dry erase board. Little squares with little check marks. And can you zoom into those like this? Does this make my eye look big? Yeah. Oh, cool. Um... So we have these huge checklists of like, man, if I want eternal life, if I want to be righteous, I have to follow all these little boxes to a T. It's like we are zooming into a tree in a forest, and we miss the grandeur and the splendor and the awe and the economic system of a forest in itself by zooming into one tree. So Jesus is saying, hey, Take this magnifying glass off of the checklist of things that you think earns your place, think earns your favor with me, and let's zoom it in on your heart instead. So kids, can you go ahead and zoom this in onto your heart? On to your heart. Okay, cool. So that's what we're going to be talking about this morning is a little bit of the golden rule. I mean, are we ever too old to learn this? The answer is no. Okay, cool. Moving on. All right. Awesome. (laughs) It's a family service. So feel free to talk back, shave, wake your little uh, wake and shave. Both of those things, your glow sticks, that's what you do with those. Um, So let's zoom in to some of those words in that verse. So first, um, we're going to talk about the word essence, which is the title of the message today, essence. All right, kids, go ahead and write it down if you can write. If you're still working on it, just draw the letter E, essence, E-S-S. E-N-C-E, E-S-S-E-N-C-E. There, so there's two definitions. Um, one is the basic or most important idea or quality of something, the essence of something. Like, he was the essence of timeliness, you know? Or like, the essence of the story was this. And another definition is an extract or concentrate Obtained from a particular plant or other matter and used for flavoring or scent. So the essence, right, the most important idea of all the laws of the Torah, of the whole Old Testament, the whole main point of all of that is summed up into do unto others as you would like them done unto you. And when I was reflecting on that, I'm like, man, I don't know if after reading the Old Testament, that would be like the first thing that popped into my head. I would have been like, hmm, the essence is don't sin or the Israelites kept messing up or be holy or um, sacrifice lambs. You know, like, but all of it summed up is do unto others as you would have them do unto you. The essence. Let me tell you a story about essence really quick um, to help you understand the definition, kids. I have a almost six-month-old son Fat and happy guy. He's awesome. Um, But in the mornings when he wakes up, you just kind of hear him talking to himself. And so there's been a couple mornings where I've gone in to just hug and just squish that little squishy boy. And I open the door, and I'm hit with a two-by-four of an essence. (laughs) Like straight up in the face. And the main point... (laughs) is that I need to put on a gas mask before I enter this room. It's so disgusting. A toxic bomb went off. And um, man, it's just, we're going to have to call in the radiation team to come deal with this. It's gross, okay? The essence. There's no mistaking what happened in that room. So hopefully your scratch and sniff sticker that you have right now smells better than the story that I just told you. But go ahead and scratch your sticker. Smell it. Smell it, and then I just want you to call out what you think it smells like, okay? Banana, we got a banana? Grape, strawberry, orange, blueberry, watermelon, Watermelon, bubble gum. Somehow in that pack of stickers, there's some corn scented stickers as well. (laughs) Um, So if you got a corn scented sticker, I'm sorry. Who keeps out kids like corn-scented stickers? <laughs> I know it's a great scent, corn. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> coconut. So there's a lot of different smells in this room right now. There's a lot of different essence on your stickers. And as I was thinking about this, I'm like, oh, isn't that how we are as Christians sometimes? It's like you scratch us a little bit. We each have a little bit of a different essence, a little bit of a different smell. Scratch this person, hmm, I get a, a faint whiff of balsam tree and Jesus on that person, you know? <laughs> and then you come over here and you scratch another Christian and you're like, is that bitterness? Is that, is that unforgiveness I smell? that greed? Jealousy? Ooh, grape jealousy. Interesting. You know, isn't that sad sometimes is we can scratch each other. We can scratch other Christians and we don't have the same essence. Our sum isn't at this foundation of doing unto others as we would have them do unto us. See, I think it depends on the circumstance, too. Like, I could smell real good when I bring a can of beans to the food pantry. (laughs) And then I could go home, read some post on social media, and then all of a sudden my heart is full of judgment towards my brother and sister, um, anger towards people that I know. Um, And it's really the condition of our hearts that Jesus is getting at. It's not this checklist of what you do or don't do. It's the condition of our heart. And Jesus knew people's hearts. In fact, one of the Pharisees later on in Matthew 22 is trying to trick Jesus, and he says, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus, knowing his heart, said this in Matthew 22:37, 37, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is what the Pharisee was expecting him to say. This is the first and greatest commandment. And a second is equally important. All right, kids, go ahead and draw an equal sign on your little little whiteboard, an equal sign. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. That sounds super similar to what he just said in Matthew 7. It's just a little bit of different lingo But the sum of everything, the essence of all, is love your neighbor and do unto others. So I'm going to say three observations, a story, and then we'll have a little dance party with our glow sticks. Okay, Cool. So observation number one is doing good is equal to loving. Doing good is equal to loving. So I'm not like a huge math geek, although I did like it in high school, but now I have like no reason to use it. What am I going to like do some, find an angle of a triangle in kids ministry? Probably not. Um, But I do remember a little bit of, of algebra where if A equals C then anywhere you find an A, you can plug in C because it's the same in value. Am I, is that right? I have a lot of engineers in this room. Okay, (laughs) good, all right. Um, So with these verses being so similar and Jesus saying both times, this is the sum, this is the essence of all the law and prophets, wherever we see a do, that is equal to a love. So doing unto others is loving your neighbor. And loving your neighbor is doing unto them as you would have them do unto you. It's not just this, let's throw out rose petals and put on some, um, you know, sting, some romantic music and just love our neighbor as ourself, you know. No, it's actually doing something for them. And it's not just the big thing. Sometimes I get so frozen, I'm like, ooh, I can't give someone 10 grand, so I'm not going to give them a dollar, Or like, oh, I can't buy somebody a house, so I'm not gonna cook them a meal. Sometimes I get frozen because I think the little that I have isn't good enough. But Jesus says, even if you give a cup of cold water in my name, you will not lose your reward. So he's saying here, do the small stuff because that is loving your neighbor. Do the small things, do the things that you can. Man, giving a cup of cold water is free. Like it takes no effort at all. So Jesus is saying, even the things that have, take no effort, do those things too. Don't just wait until your schedule allows you to do a big thing. Do the small things as well. All right, observation number two is loving others is equally important as loving God. You're like, no, it's not. It's not. That's not true, actually. Um, I didn't think so either until I was really reading this. And it says, Jesus says, the second is equally as important. 1 John 4, 7 through 8 says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Then in in a few verses down, it says, if someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? Yikes, the tension in the room. So loving others is loving God. I never, like, maybe you guys are smarter than me and you've put that together before, but I never did. Is me loving other people is actually me loving God. They're not separate things. They're one and the same. And me loving God is loving other people. They work together. They're cohesive. They're not like, oh. Today, oh, I I didn't really love others yesterday, but I loved God, so I'm good over here, but I'm not good over here. It's not like a teeter-totter. I think that's what we do sometimes. It's one in the same. Loving others is our way to love God. Sometimes kids in this room, when I was growing up, I'm like, man, they told me to love God, but I don't know how to do that. How am I supposed to love a God that I cannot see? How do you love God? By loving your neighbor. By loving the kid next to you, by loving the kid that bugs you, by doing something nice for your teacher, by bringing over cookies to your neighbor. Those are all practical ways that you're not just loving your neighbor, you're actually loving God through those actions, which is like, oh, I could do that. Maybe I can't pray for five hours a day and sign up to be at a monastery for the summer, but I could hang out with some of my neighbors I could hang out with some of my friends that is loving God that's the simple recipe to loving God and I've found that I can be so good at like loving myself that I have individualized my own faith I've made it about me you know like what worship style do I like um, you know, how does church feel? Is the temperature too hot, too cold? I don't know if it'll come back because it wasn't 73 degrees in there. You know, like it's about me. I've individualized my faith and that's where I feel a little shaken. I need to come back to the core is it's about doing unto and loving others just as I love myself and I care for myself. So faith should be Equally, all right, kids, here's another equal sign. Faith should be equally horizontal. This is vertical. (laughs) Faith should be equally vertical. I almost messed it up again. Vertical as it is horizontal. It should be equal in distance. Like, God, I love you so much. And I also love my neighbors so much. I do unto others so much, and that is how I love you. Yeah. That's how I love you, God, is by taking care of other people around me. Wouldn't it be weird if it was like, I love my neighbors this much, and I love God this much? Na 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 na. na. Like it just—it needs to be equal. It needs to be equal, and that comes to the third observation. <clears throat> is neighbors are equal to, all right, kids, can you draw a stick figure for a neighbor? You can put a cool hat or some hair, maybe some really cool shoes on them or something, but draw a little stick figure. Your neighbors are equal to those who are like and unlike you, which surprisingly ends up to be everyone. Neighbors are those who are like and unlike you, which is actually everybody, which is so cool. So when I was looking and doing some research into this message, I was like, okay, let's go back. Let's flip all the way back to Leviticus where we first see this commandment of love your neighbor as yourself. And I want to take you there to show you that neighbors are not just the people in our vicinity who are like us, but they're everyone. Leviticus 19, 18 says, do not seek revenge or bear grudge against a fellow Israelite, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. It's like, oh, okay. All right. So my fellow Israelite. So the people who are in my tribe, the people who smell like me and look like me. The people who believe like me walk like me and talk like me and Dr. Seuss like me. You know, like the people who are like me, which is hard sometimes. You know, sometimes the hardest I have to work at loving my neighbor is loving the people in my own household. You know, that's hard, right? This could be hard work. And then later on in Leviticus, in the same chapter, Verse 33, it says, do not take advantage of foreigners who live among you in your land. Treat them like native-born Israelites and love them as you love yourself. Remember that you were once foreigners living in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So he's saying here, love people who do not smell like you and walk like you, and talk like you, and think like you, and believe like you, and ascribe to the same political party as you. Love them as you love yourself. Yikes, you know, I don't, that's hard. That's hard because love is an action, but it's also an intention, intention of the heart. Like handing out a cookie with gritted teeth and judgment is my heart. That's not love. That's doing something, but there's no love in it. That's hard for me. That's been hard for me this year in particular. When everything's been so divisive, it's hard for me to love people who are not like me. But that's the essence of what we believe. That's the essence of you saying yes to Jesus, is signing up for this one statement, is loving the Lord your God with all your heart and loving your neighbor as yourself. Oh, that's so hard. So kids... It's so simple, like my three-year-old could understand it. She understands to share her toys because she would like someone to share her toys with her. But I will spend my whole life trying to walk this truth out. My whole life, easy to understand, way harder to put into practice. Loving people who are like us is the bare minimum. It's a little bit lazy, honestly. Luke six thirty two says, if you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do only good to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Okay, um, let's lighten the load a little bit. I want to tell you guys a pretty funny story. Um, I'm going to get down on the floor. So... Uh, Layla, my three-year-old, she's been in gymnastics. And, you know, probably after the second week, I realized something that kind of made my mom heart sad because, you know, I'm a pretty competitive person, but I don't have the athletic ability to match my competitive nature, which is a real inward struggle for me. Um, And so I'm like, I will... Vicariously live through my child. I will. I will. So I put her in gymnastics literally the day after she turned three. And I'm like, you will be Simone Biles, Layla. You will. You will be Lori Hernandez. And so after a few weeks, you know, I just I had to give up on that dream. Um and I'm like, man, like, she's just not motivated. She, like, does the bare minimum. So they ask her to, like, crab walk just for a warm-up, and this is what she does. And I- and I'm like that, mom. I'm like, Layla, get up off the floor. Get your butt off the floor. Do a crab walk. And it's just like she's doing the bare minimum. She's doing like the least possible. Like she's attempting. I don't even know if you could call that a try. Um, I think she's just trying not to get in trouble. And then, But if she wanted to be great, if she wanted to be good, she'd have to push herself and strengthen train and fall down and get bruises and you know she'd really have to push herself and what I've realized this past year for me I don't know about you guys is that my own love for my neighbor needs some strength training it needs to be pushed I need to feel hurt I need to feel a little uncoordinated and awkward because we all know COVID-19, your body just kind of wants to sit on the couch and do nothing. And I think that's what our souls do too, because those are interconnected. So our souls don't want to do anything. We want to get by with the bare minimum, but God is asking us to do more, to not just check a box of, oh, yep, I did something nice. Okay, I'm good for the next week. He doesn't want us to just check a box. He's saying, this is the essence of how I want you to live. This is the essence of how to treat each other so that you can be treated that way as well, so that you can be blessed, so that you can have favor because your neighbor is taking care of you. Man, I need a little more strength training in my life. I need a little more love in doing to my neighbor. Lastly, you guys can go ahead and crack your glow sticks, crack them, if you haven't already. That's okay, you know, we can't all be perfect. It's fine. Oh, I forgot to mention earlier: if you can't smell your sticker, there's a testing site right around the corner. Just like, maybe just, just take that in consideration on the way home. <laughs> um. <laughs> you know, coming back to essence, the essence of what Jesus is asking us to live by. It's not being a theologian. It's not memorizing a hundred verses. All those, those things are awesome. But the essence, the main point, the basic idea is to do unto others. Don't let that be lost on you as you live out this week. (laughs) so (laughs) one more essence story the other sunday i came home from church and i just love to you know say hi um adam's usually like chucking the kids off by that point like here you go and um so i catch huxley in midair of course um because i'm very athletic and strong and i hugged him close and i'm like is that dolce and gabbana that's, that smells so nice. Huxley, wow. And it hit me. He has the essence of his dad on him because he's been spending time with him all day. He smells like his dad. Man, I want to smell a little bit more like my father. I want to have the essence of Jesus on me. And how do I do that? How do I love God, kids, how do you love God in this room? By loving others, by doing unto others. That's how you love God. And adults in this room, is your love for God equal to your love for people? Take a little measurement in your heart. If it's not, that's okay. We all have room to grow. Jesus says, you are the salt and the light of this world the light of this world, the glow sticks of this world. You know, you don't hide a glow stick underneath your own sleeping bag at a slumber party. You wave that thing around and play tag in the dark. You know, it's so fun. We're the light of the world. It's a joyous thing. It's a burden that is easy and light it's not a checklist of things to do it's the essence of just doing what we would want done unto us man what good is a glow stick when it burns out it's not good anymore but you my friends you kids in this room you adults in this room you are the light of the world let your good deeds shine before all men to bring glory to the father Amen? Amen? All right, let's pray. Jesus, man, thank you for bringing us back to the essence, the sum of all you're asking us to do is just to love our neighbor as ourself. Would you help us remember that loving others is, in fact, loving you? It's as simple as that. And God, may our light this week, in whatever realm we go into, would our light shine before all men. Would our good deeds, our cup of cold waters, our little lemonade stand, would that shine as a good deed to bring glory to the Father. Amen. We hope you've been encouraged this week. For more information or to submit a prayer request, go to denverunited.com.